Good morning, New Hope. Glad that you're with us this morning. Uh, just a reminder that obviously this is uh, pre-recorded due to the circumstances that we're in, but I hope that you are doing well. I want you to know that the board of New Hope and the staff of New Hope are praying for you during this time. We miss you and we love you. You know, during this time where it is unique, I would ask that we would take full advantage of the situation that we are in and try to grow in our just physical health, our spiritual health, our emotional health, and our relational health within our relationships, whether in our marriage, with our families. You know, my hope is for us as a nation as well and as a world, uh, we grow in these areas. You know, during tough times, God does miracle math. He takes the negatives that are going on in our life and he can turn them into positives if we keep our face before him. So before we jump into our topic this morning, I would like to bring you up to speed on sort of the state of the union of New Hope during these unique times. You know, there's some exciting times going on in the sense of the engagement that we're having in the digital world or online world. We are seeing our Facebook viewership uh, double, especially in March here. We're seeing a lot more followers, people commenting constantly on what we are putting out there as far as content. On average, on a weekend service, we're seeing 13 to 1600 viewers uh, chiming in as well. Uh, we see just even in our little short Daily Hope devotionals, you know, 700 plus people engaging on those. Uh, last Thursday night, a week ago, we had uh, a Q&A time uh, with some pastoral staff, and we had over 2,000 views on that. We see a lot of people engaging with our children's ministry uh, content online and the youth group content online as well as over a hundred youth are chiming in to the weekly worship and live engagement with Justin and they're connecting as well through Zoom uh, in small group participation as well as our adults are doing that as well. We're still being the church at this time. Although we're not meeting physically, we're still moving forward as the church. And in reality, who's the church? You are the church. Now, with all the positive, even during the challenging times that are going on, there are some very unique challenges. And especially as the church, one of the most unique and most difficult challenges is finances. Now, because we aren't meeting physically as a church, it has meant that basically day one, our finances took a drop of 55% because we're not open. And so we are relying a lot on online giving at this time and then also our emergency fund. So because of the drastic change in the finances here, uh, the board uh, and leadership here decided that we needed to reduce all of the staff hours uh, across the board. And so obviously that impacts uh, what we are continually able to do. But 
I would just really encourage you at this time to really consider online giving at nhccmn.org slash give or to just be intentional about mailing in your tithe during this time. The reality is the church is not closed. It is very much open, but just not physically. We're still running after our vision and mission here at New Hope Community Church. We're hoping to actually gain momentum during these days and be light in darkness for our community. And so we invite you to financially support us at this time and continue your generosity. So thank you very much for being the church and for being the church in your financial participation. So with that, let's make this shift and let's jump into the series that we have been in called Be the Light. So regardless of the day, regardless of the time, and actually regardless of the circumstances, we are called to be the light. We are called to be light in darkness. Together as the church, we are called to be this city on a hill that cannot be hidden. And so today, I would like to talk to you about being the light and how us being the light ultimately is for the glory of God. Now, Frank Lloyd Wright is known as one of America's most popular and pretty much a genius architect. Uh, He has built many, many buildings across the world, and people go to view those buildings. In 1923, he built the Imperial Hotel in Tokyo, Japan. Very unique architectural structure. In 1939, he built the Falling Water home in Pennsylvania, a beautiful setting. I'd want to live there. And in 1959, he built the Solomon Guggenheim Museum in New York, a very unique structure for that time. Matter of fact, people would often tell him that you can't do that. It's not um, architectural sound, but yet he would do things that people didn't think he could do. But yet today, people drive and fly and from all over the world to visit these unique buildings. Now, people come to these amazing buildings from all over the world, but they don't come and they are not awed by the architectural building. They actually are in awe of the one who built it. Frank Lloyd Wright. You see, the buildings are not the ones that get the glory for how they look. Frank Lloyd Wright is the one who gets the glory and the fame for how they look because he created the buildings. This is how it should be as well as us as Christ followers. Jesus calls us to be the light But ultimately, our light is to illuminate God. 
and to bring God glory. It is not for us. This is what Jesus says in Matthew 5, 14 through 16, our scripture passage through this series. He says, you are the light of the world, a town built on a hill that cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, you put it on the stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and what? And glorify your Father in heaven. So just as light does not exist to call attention to it, but to draw attention to other things it illuminates, we as Christ followers are not to draw attention to ourselves, but to illuminate God. You know, in our homes, when we go and we turn on a lamp, I mean, we don't sit and stare at that lamp. No. We look to what the lamp illuminates. We're looking for something in the room, or we just want to see in the room, or we want to read our book. The light is not what draws attention to itself. It draws attention to another. And so when it comes to us as being light in the world, this is what Jesus specifically says in Matthew 5 that we are to be. We are to first be, number one, light for the lost. In Matthew 5, 16, the first part, he says that they may see your good deeds. Well, who is they? It's others around us, whether it's believers or unbelievers around us. Jesus says that they should see how we live differently. When Jesus was doing his public ministry, he was walking through the city of Jericho. And there was a man there named Zacchaeus. And Jesus saw him in the crowd and told Zacchaeus that he was coming to his house for dinner. And when he was having dinner with Zacchaeus, the community, the crowds, the religious leaders were standing outside on the sidewalk and they were muttering out loud, why is he at the home of a sinner? Jesus overheard their muttering and responded and said basically what his purpose was in coming into the world as God in the flesh. He said, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save the lost. You know, the crowd called Zacchaeus this sinner, which was really in that culture derogatory and demeaning. Jesus doesn't use that term for Zacchaeus. He uses the term lost. He basically is just saying, hey, this is a man who has gotten lost, who just needs to be, you know, redirected back in life and redirect it back into a relationship with his God. And so when Jesus calls us to live with our good deeds and point people ultimately to God, he is calling us to live in such a way that we are able to attract people to Jesus and redirect them in their life 
back into relationship with him. This morning, I got a real nice call from Brian Sulak. Brian attends our Cambridge campus. He leads one of the host teams here, and he's known in the community as the Schwann's guy. He travels around in his Schwann's truck, delivering all kinds of good stuff to the doors of people. And this morning, he just called me to encourage me in the situation, and I really appreciated that. But he also talked about how he is not like everyone else who have to be held inside right now. He gets to go to, from house to house and delivery and do deliveries at a social distance and that, but how he has this opportunity to encourage people because he can be physically by them, you know, six, eight feet or whatever. And how he at this time is able to like go from house to house and be this light in darkness, to be a smile, to bring encouragement, to pray for people when they're in a tough spot. And so that's so encouraging. But it's this picture of us just living out our good deeds and shining them and illuminating Jesus in the process. Because Jesus goes on in Matthew 5, 16, and he states that secondly, our good deeds and how we live as light in darkness is ultimately to be light for the Lord. In Matthew 5, 16, that they may see your good deeds and what? Praise your Father in heaven or glorify your Father in heaven. Our witness, our way of life is not to magnify us, but it's to draw people to God. That is the goal. Our goal is not to make people look at us and to respond, wow, what a great Christian. No. I mean, we want them to see us and say, they must serve a great God. I'd like to know him. This is the desire. This is the goal. I was visiting with a friend from another church down in Litchfield who was sharing a story about how a dispatcher from the sheriff's office made a dispatch call to one of the patrol officers to help a homeless individual. The patrol officer contacted my friend's church and asked if they could do anything to help this homeless person. The church put this individual up into a hotel for a couple days and eventually were able to connect this person to housing. The dispatcher heard wind of this and called the pastor at the church and specifically asked him, why are you so generous? And in talking to him, his next question was, can you tell me about your God? That's where our good deeds are seen by others and they don't illuminate us, but they ultimately illuminate God. I love the picture we get of this in the Old Testament in Zechariah 8.23. This is what it says. This is what the Lord Almighty says. In those days, 10 people from all languages and nations will take firm hold of one Jew by the hem of his robe and say, let's go with you because we have heard that God 
is with you. What a cool picture that these individuals want to go with these Jews to the temple. Why? Because they have heard and seen that God is with them and they want to know their God. That is awesome. And so here at New Hope Community Church, we want to continue to be the light in darkness. And what great days we have right now to do that in this unique time. To first of all, be light for the lost, and secondly, to be light for the Lord, illuminating Jesus and inviting people into relationship with him. To give you a picture of that taking place at New Hope Community Church, I'd like to share with you this life story from a couple from Bram. Let's watch. So life before deciding to walk with Jesus, I, I don't really know how to answer that because I don't remember a time when I wasn't with Jesus. Um, I always believed in God. Yeah, so we hopped around from church to church. And uh, so took a little bit of a hiatus for a while. And then um, I really had a lot of questions that went unanswered. Later on in my teen years, at that point, I was able to ask the questions and then um, become more familiar with the teachings of Jesus. For me, it really didn't click until we moved here when I retired from the military and we moved to the Cambridge area and found New Hope. Um, Jesus has influenced my life uh, in a lot of different ways. Um, definitely more patient. Um, used to have a little bit of an anger issue uh, where I'd fly off the handle pretty quick. It came to me that I should be serving others and not just, you know, I'd, I'd pray for others all the time. I would pray for um, different things, my family, but I never really thought about doing things. Uh, God's used new hope in our relationship with Him to show that, uh, to try to bring out our servant's heart, uh, where we served in Cambridge on the host team, and up here we serve on the uh, host team as well as the pit crew getting things set up on Sunday mornings. God has used New Hope uh, to bring me to Him because honestly, we I, I searched my whole life for a way to find Jesus and until we walked into New Hope, I hadn't found it. So we went to several churches throughout my life and then we searched here when we got here and we walked into the high school and opened those doors and we were greeted and welcomed and we never turned back. So. Without that, who knows where we'd be? Yeah. Mm -hmm. We should edit that out. <laughs> what a great story, New Hope. And so thank you for being light in darkness to East Central Minnesota. Now, before we close with our last worship song here this morning, I want us to partake of communion together. This is what 
God's word says in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took the bread, and when he gave thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, it says, he took the cup. This is the cup in the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. So Jesus wants us to remember what he accomplished on the cross. That on the cross, his body was broken for us. And us taking the bread is a remembrance of that. On the cross, his blood was shed for us. And by us partaking of the cup, we are to remember that. It is through his body being broken, his blood being shed, through his death, and then eventual resurrection on the third day, that we have forgiveness of sin, that we can be transformed in this life, that we have the hope for eternal life. And Jesus is calling us to remember this. And so New Hope, let's partake together of the Lord's Supper and remember what Jesus has done for us. This is his body broken for you. This is his blood shed for you. Partake in remembrance of him.